<laughs> What's up? Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. LZ, Sir? this is the city of champions, and there may be one more to add to the equation here, the way the Rams are playing. Well, I mean, before the Rams, we got LAFC who start their playoff hunt tonight. We they might do. get four chips. Four chips. After a year to start off like trash, to end up with four world championships is not a bad way to bounce back. Yeah, that's right. LAFC will be in action right after. So here's the deal today. We're on till 6. So in the 5 o'clock hour, we will give you your chance to win the virtual key. And by the way, if you didn't know this, tomorrow there are two chances to win the virtual key. So you still need to listen in the 3 o'clock hour to Mason and Ireland for the road trip destination. But we have two chances to win a virtual key because we have two keys left because we weren't on yesterday because of the Rams. So we're going to give away a virtual key in the 5 o'clock hour. And another one in the 6 o'clock hour. So make sure you're listening tomorrow. It's your last two chances to win one of those virtual keys that could start that 2021 Mazda CX-5 Sport, courtesy of our friends at Culver City Mazda. But yes, LZ, there could be four championships because the LAFC will be on after us. Um, because we're on till 6. Sean McVay shows at 6. And then at 7, our LAFC coverage of their playoff game against the Seattle Sounders will take That's place a lot of here winning. at the station. Yeah. It's a lot of winning. It so, is. I, I don't want to brag, but yeah, we're doing big things over here. We are doing really big, big things. things. Yeah. So, and to your but, to your point last night. Yeah. Um. Any non-cynical person, and the non-cynical part is really important, who watched the game last night, has to think to themselves: the Rams are legitimate threats to go back to the Super Bowl. There's no other way you could walk away from that. Walk away with the performance that you saw, the completeness of the performance that you saw, and not think that this Rams team, who are currently in second place in the NFC, doesn't have a legitimate shot of winning and finding themselves in Tampa for the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I, I Listen, it's funny you say this because I was having, I was having this conversation recently, right? And someone said to me, who, when the Seahawks were playing the Cardinals on Thursday, which feels like a million years ago now. This is such a long year. <laughs> uh, thankfully, it's almost over. Uh, so they said to me, do you think the winner of this wins the division? I said, no, absolutely not. I said, the Rams have arguably the best defense in the sport. Like, by every metric possible, they're first or second in pretty much every one of those categories. So, yeah, their defense is good. They've got a great coach. They got a quarterback who, if if the situation around him is good, clearly can get to a Super Bowl and can win a Super Bowl, I think. So, yeah, the Rams are in this, and here they are, LZ. Because when you look at yesterday's game on a micro level, there are three things that stood out to me. One was Sean McVay. Sean McVay, I thought, coached circles, okay, uh, around Bruce Arians. McVay was masterful putting golf in positions to succeed. High percentage opportunities to throw the ball, knowing that Tampa Bay would try to shut down the run. That that Because remember, everybody that came on this show and was in agreement. If you shut down the Rams running game, you're going to have to put a lot on golf. Um, then yeah. golf took advantage of those opportunities, which we know he can be capable of at times. And you can win with him if you put him in those positions to succeed. And finally, the defense, I thought, was incredible. And by the way, LZ, because I know you have some thoughts on the quarterback because of your column that you wrote in the LA Times on Monday. Um, 
the Rams find themselves in a situation where they could have two defensive player of the year candidates in Jalen (laughs) Ramsey and Aaron Donald, which is kind of crazy in itself, too. It is so crazy to think that last season, as they're desperately trying to make moves to make the postseason, obviously it doesn't work out, that in our disappointment for not making the playoffs for the first time in the McVay era, that we forgot that we still had Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. To come out of those moves mm-hmm. and how good he is, how strong he is. He's so strong. How, his I technique mean, Mike is Evans perfect. is a big Mike Evans is a big dude, and he was more physical than Mike Evans. Bro, when he puts Mike Evans on his little pogo stick and dropped him down to the ground, I was like, yo, dog, Jalen ain't playing tonight, yo. Jalen is physical as hell. And the thing that was really hilarious last night was listening to our brilliant broadcasting team continually talk about how they hadn't said Aaron Donald's name as if double and tripling teaming him every snap wasn't impacting the play of the game. Just because he didn't get a sack doesn't mean his presence wasn't necessary. They were doubling him basically all night. So to your point, if you have a double Aaron and you got a Jalen Ramsey that you could put anywhere in the backfield on anyone and feel good about putting them on an island. You have two defensive player of the year candidates on one side, and you have a quarterback who's growing into his own on the other and a receiving core that I don't give a damn what y'all say about Tampa. Our receiving core is very talented and just as talented. We may not be talented in the same ways, but there's no way you watched last night and thought, oh, well, their receiving core is so much better than the Rams because it's not. This team is complete. This team is experienced, and I'm beginning to think that the equating of the name drain with the talent drain has placed a lot of of football aficionados in an awkward position of having to say they were wrong with their preseason predictions about where the Rams were going. They were wrong. Yeah, I mean, you and I were right because we had them as somewhere between a 10 and 11 win team, which felt like uh, maybe that doesn't win the division, but it came close and certainly in the playoff picture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the beginning of the season, there were, you know, Hollywood, num- Hollywood Vegas numbers that I saw that thought the Rams would be under 500 halfway through the season. Yeah. Well, obviously they were wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah, clearly. Because, again, my thing was just with the defense um, and Sean McVay, which I felt the defense would be better because of the addition to Jalen Ramsey and because Sean is really good. And, by the way, Sean is one of these guys, and you and I have gotten a chance to know him pretty well um, on this on these airwaves over the last several years. He is a crazy person when it comes to trying to figure out the game from a mental standpoint, like playing chess uh, when it comes to the game, right? And here's what where he's grown that no one talks about. He's grown on the defensive side, okay? We know how good he is at offense, but he's grown to think about the defensive side too. So when he got rid of Wade, which a lot of people are like, ooh, do you want to do that? But he wanted it, you know, don't disrespect to Wade, who was great, but he wanted it to be more his style, whatever that was going to be. And their current defensive coordinator, Staley, 
brings that to the table. So I think that that aspect needs to be something that is put on this as well. He's not just an offensive guy. He is a really good coach across the board. Yes, he, he is. And to your point, uh, Brandon Staley has, in his first year, I think already made a big name for himself. Yeah. And we'll not be surprised if his name's popped up in rumors to assume a head coaching position that clearly is going to be coming available for some teams. Yeah. You know, I'm I, thinking I don't, I don't the, think there's any the Jets, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, Detroit, probably. You know, a right. few others. Yeah. So it's good that, that Sean McVay has more affinity for the defensive side of the ball because he very well could be looking for his third defensive coordinator next season. Yeah. It, <laughs> because, it, you know, Brandon Staley may be gone. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Coming up next, we're diving headfirst, LZ. The Lakers are mostly complete, but they've got the core of what they're going to have. We'll discuss that, plus a big surprise in free agency here in L.A. for the Clippers. We'll get to all that coming up in three minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. So the Lakers made some big moves, LZ. And by the way, don't forget, 5 o'clock hour, your chance to win the virtual key for today. And tomorrow, we're giving away two virtual keys. One in the 5 o'clock hour, one in the 6 o'clock hour for the 2021 Mazda CX-5 Sport that we're giving away on Monday, November 30th, which is next week. Uh, so six days from now. So make sure you're tuning in to Mason and Ireland in the 3 o'clock hour for the uh, road trip destination of the day. 5 o'clock hour today, obviously, as we've always done. But since we didn't have a show yesterday, tomorrow on the last day, we'll be doing it in the 5 o'clock hour and the 6 o'clock hour. So you get double the chances of getting your virtual key tomorrow. So LZ, the Lakers doubled their chances on a number of things, uh, including... Winning a championship. Now, I don't know if that's actually factually correct, uh, but I would like to think so. So now we left the show on Friday knowing that they got Schroeder and they had Wesley Matthews and they had just literally at the end of the show, right before we signed off, they had just added Montrez Harrell. So you were worried about the center position. And I said, listen, can get Marcus Gasol. There's at least, you know, five or six names out there as far as centers are concerned. Uh, and by the way, they did bring back Markeith Morris on uh, veterans minimum, and they signed KCP yep. to $13.3 million a year, three years, $40 million. So he got the money he wanted and more money than uh, Jordan Clarkson did. So, but they got Gasol. So you said, I need to see what it looks like. Now, it's not all done. They have three or four minimum slots they can fill or whatnot. But for the most part, the core is intact. So now how do you feel? I feel good. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. I feel very good. I I, I feel as if Rob saw the disrespect and said, oh, you don't think I'm executive of the year? Well, let me try again. (laughs) 
and he was even better than where he was last season, and that team won a championship. The team that he's put together, he's magically has made them younger, more talented, mm-hmm. and I tweeted this right away after the Marcus Saul signing. This, to me, George, isn't the most talented team LeBron's ever played with, but it's the deepest team he's ever played with. The, the, the deepest team he's ever had. When you think about the versatility, the skill set, and the number of two-way players that have been accumulated, I feel as if this is the deepest team LeBron James has ever had. And considering how good they were last year, losing only five postseason games, this, this, this squad right here, I'm not saying that the guarantee that the repeat is guaranteed, but bruh, this this is a squad, a squad, and I and I have a hard time envisioning any other team in the league beating this team if healthy four times in a series. I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I would venture to say that you're you're in the ballpark. I, I would say it's this one or the 2016 Cavs as far as depth. Uh, obviously, he would those Heat teams were more star laden, right? Like even beyond right. the role, even the role players were guys who were stars other places, right? Or 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 key cogs in other places. But that 2016 Cavs team went like 11 deep. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking at it right now. Um, but I think this is in that conversation. I, I would say that that would probably be the only one of LeBron's teams that that would be in the same ballpark. So I'm I'm with you on that. I will say this. I think the Lakers, they may have lost like a tiny bit on defense. Maybe. But what they lost on defense, even if it's that tiny bit, they absolutely gained, I think, several times over in how dynamic they can be on offense with the group that they have. So when you look at this group, you know, look, Anthony Davis is going to – like, Marcus Gasol is probably going to start, right? So Marcus Gasol, at this stage of his career, is certainly more than capable of getting you a bucket if you want him down there because he still has amazing footwork. But he's slow, you know what I mean? But what he's he's still really good at – and I know he only shot 18% in the playoffs. But during the regular season last year for Toronto, he shot 39%. Excuse me, I almost burped. 39% from three. 39, okay? He's seven feet tall. So that just makes that playground for Anthony Davis even larger on offense, I think. And I really like that particular lineup. Now, the Harrell lineup will be interesting because there's going to be more on AD, I think, LZ, on the defensive end for him to handle because Montrez is okay on defense, but he's not dynamic, right? Like, Right, and that was the reason why when you were talking on Friday yeah. and I was like on pause is because I know he won six men of the year, I know he's good for buckets, but I right. also know he couldn't stay on the floor in the playoffs because his defense was so bad. Right. And we had lost Dwight Howard. So right. I was pausing because I was like going, yo, what is we going to do? Yeah. 
But they get, they bring back Markeith, which I think is a good uh, is good for them uh, at two point five million. Yep. Um, so you still get defense there if you want to play small ball with AD at the five, and you don't want to use Trez, right? Like you still want someone that can spread the floor. Um, so you have options. I, I don't think there's any question. And you know, Wes Matthews, a good defender, a good shooter. Uh, KCP is back. Like I and and look, the pick and roll. Not that Schroeder is like Chris Paul in the pick and roll. You know what I'm saying? Or even Lou Williams, uh, as far as handling the pick and roll. But I, I don't think Schroeder is some slouch in the pick and roll. He's certainly more than above average in handling the pick and roll. And if he's got a role man like Harrell, I think that that second unit looks really good. No, listen. The second unit, and this is the reason why I feel as if this is the deepest team. Because LeBron has, you know, maybe nine guys who are available for him to kick the ball out to in his penetrative drives. And, and they're legitimate three-point threats. And he also has like six guys that he could just give the rock to and get out of the way and just let them get a bucket. Like Marcus Saul, as well as Trez, starting center and backup center, you can give them both the ball and say, go get a bucket. I don't think LeBron's ever had that before, where his five can go get him a bucket if he needs to. Like, he doesn't need to set him up for a high screen and roll lob or anything like that. He can literally just give them a bucket on the elbow and let them go to work. That's a luxury I don't think he's had before. In addition to the fact he has another player in Anthony Davis where he could literally sit out a quarter and just let Anthony Davis go to work and not feel as if he needs to get back in to keep the offenses going. So you're right when it comes to the 2016 Cavs team. They were talented. But I just don't feel as if he's ever had this layer of depth before, especially offensively, where he isn't so responsible for so many guys getting open looks. He can literally let his backup point guard go to work. That's 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 a luxury that I don't think he's had before. Yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, I, I think that it, it is certainly – and by the way, as he ages, that's how it should be, right? Like, you should get guys around him that don't make him work as hard, <laughs> right? Like, that, in, in theory, that's how it should be in general. So I do think that that plan in itself was, was, was the way to go. Uh, and I think Rob did a great job. I, I don't think he there's did. any doubt. Were you Absolutely. surprised by Ibaka to the Clippers, though? Because, honestly, for the Clippers, losing Harrell, I was like, oh, no, what do they do? I, I think the Clippers are actually better off with Ibaka than they were with Harrell. They are. They, 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 they definitely are. Um, Ibaka makes it so that, you know, they don't necessarily need to have him in a high screen and roll situation in order for him to be useful. Right. He can shoot the ball. We know that. He can shoot the ball. Uh, he's a rim protector. Um, and he's a, he's a champion with a lot of playoff experience. Yeah. So I think that's an excellent pickup for them. Unfortunately yeah. for them – that wasn't their biggest need. They still need a point guard. Yeah. <laughs> they still need a point guard. And yeah. I'm looking and when I think about the free agents that are still out there, they don't have one available. Yeah. Yeah. So that sure. means they need to make a trade of some sort to meet the huge need they still have, which is a floor general. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they figure that out. All right, we're going to talk football with Kirk Morrison for his weekly appearance uh, at 445 on Tuesdays. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Don't forget in the 5 o'clock hour, hopefully you were listening in the 3 o'clock hour for the road trip destination of the day as we do each and every weekday. Because in the 5 o'clock hour, we're giving away one of those virtual keys for 2021 Mazda CX-5 Sport, courtesy of our friends at Culver City Mazda. And tomorrow, because we weren't on on Monday, doubling up one of those virtual keys in the 5 o'clock hour and one in the 6 o'clock hour. So make sure you keep it locked. Uh, of course, over the next couple of days for your last three chances to win a virtual key here on Sedano NLZ. Uh, is Kirk Morrison there? Do we know if he's there? Yo. Okay, great. What's up, man? So, all right, real quick. What was the biggest difference yesterday with Jared Goff? Mm. Uh, he had a plan at the line of scrimmage. Um, I saw Jared Goff do some things yesterday that I hadn't seen him do uh, in a very long time, if not <laughs> throughout his career. Uh, I saw him reverse pivot out yesterday. I saw him on the first touchdown to Robert Woods uh, go underneath the uh, the pressure, buy a little bit more time, and made an outstanding throw to the outside for a touchdown. So for me, that was the big thing that I saw from Jared Goff was he was able to be a kind of a quarterback that I've been wanting him to be, a better pocket passer, a better of a guy who can evade the rush. But he had a plan every time, though, George, when he got to the line of scrimmage, they tried that Brian Flores, Miami Dolphins, all-out pressure look, and Jared Goff was like, okay, cool. Birdman, what was the other call he made last night? He made some some audibles that James I James Harden. Okay. Yeah, Harden. <laughs> I mean, he was like, okay. So that, to me, just shows me that, man, Jared Goff is a guy who is learning from his mistakes, and that was the biggest difference I saw from Jared last night than what I've seen throughout the season. When you look at the performance of his receiving core, and I think he completed passes to maybe like nine different players, which right. is like bonkers, but the main receiving core, um, I think they're as good as any receiving core in the league, even the ones that we faced last night. Where are you in terms of rating their talent? I don't know if they're the Pittsburgh Steelers, though, LZ. I mean, that receiving core for the Steelers is <laughs> – I mean, with Claypool, Juju Smith, Deontay Johnson, uh, they throw in James Washington as well. I think that's the most complete group. But I think the Rams are, are have probably the best duo in the league, okay, the best duo in Robert Woods and, um, and Cooper Cup. The one thing that I was kind of debating last night was, and, and this is for both you guys, at, at what point do, does Cooper Cup and Robert Woods enter into the top – wide receivers in the NFL, right? I think what happens is you think of DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones, the, you know, Devontae Adams, um, you know, and then all of a sudden, where's Cup? Where's Woods? And I think it's because both of them, they're not true number one wide receivers. These guys are great within the system that they play in, and that's the reason why they're so productive, because they don't have to be number ones. They can go a couple weeks without making ten catches, eight catches, and then I have one week where they just explode onto the scene. So 
that's why I think that they're the best duo, and then they've got some other guys who make critical catches that make them one of the better groups in the NFL. I just think right now the Pittsburgh Steelers, from top to bottom, man, they're scary. I, just, I feel – I was going to say, just to answer your question, I feel as if the big part of the reason why our core is not in that conversation is because our offense isn't designed to feature. It's not because right. they, they can't be featured. It's because our offense isn't designed to feature them. But you can feature Robert. Robert Woods is an excellent wide receiver. Excellent. And he could be featured. He could be a 1,200-yard, 1,300-yard guy if you wanted him to be. But that's not the way Sean McVay's designed his offense. I think that's the difference. Yeah, no, I think that's the reason why those guys aren't highly rated or highly touted throughout the NFL is because they don't run in in an offense that singles them out pretty much. I mean, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, they both work in unison. Last night was something special. Um, I think about all the great Rams offenses, especially. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The greatest show on turf. And for you know those two guys last night to be the first Rams receivers to actually catch 10 passes each in a football game. I'm just saying, you know, Kurt Warner and, and that group never had a chance to do them. I mean, never did that. And it just shows you that these two guys, if they are featured, they can be, you know, number one guys. But that's the beauty, I think, of the Rams team in general, is that each week you don't know who's going to be that guy, whether it's Tyler Higbee at tight end, whether they will feature the running game, whether it could be last week, because we forget that the week prior – Josh Reynolds was the leading receiver with eight catches and over 70 yards when they beat the Seattle Seahawks. So that's the beauty of the Rams' offense is that you honestly don't know who can be the guy each and every week. It's what the defense dictates. So how much do you feel Sean McVay has grown as a overall head coach? We know how good he is on offense, but it feels like now after all these years, like he really has a sense for what he wants on defense, and we kind of saw that when he made the change at the coordinator position. But how has he grown in that regard? I think just a critical point last night, though, George, I'll take you to that last drive, right, for the Rams, the the game uh, or the go-ahead score, right, the game-winning drive. And they were had a third and seven, third and eight, and the Rams are driving. All they need is they, they, the touchdown would actually, you know, give you a good, nice lead, or you can kick the field goal, right? So on third and seven, instead of, you know, going for the opportunity for a touchdown, he decided, hey, I'm going to hand the ball off. He didn't put Jared Goff in a bad situation to have to force something that may not be there on third and eight. He relied on a kicker who he just signed this week in Matt Gay, and he put it on his defense. I think probably in years past, George McVay, the offensive guru, may have went for it there in that third down situation and passed it. Maybe put Jared in a situation to have to fight, find double coverage, try to evade the pressure and the blitz. But he says, you know what? I'm not going to put my quarterback in that situation. I've got an outstanding defense led by Brandon Staley. 
I'm going to hand the ball off. They didn't get any yards, and they believed in a kicker in Matt Gay who came in and drilled the field goal. The Rams end up winning the game on an interception by Jordan Fuller. That, to me, is the growth of Sean McVay, is that realizing the moment, realizing the situation, and not getting caught up in ego and trying to make the big play, just make the play and rely on the guys who you trust, and that was his defense last night. You mentioned defense and Brandon. Uh, is he going to be on our team next season, or is he going to be a head coach somewhere? Because he's been outstanding <laughs> out the gate. Yeah, I think he's got one more year, though, right? I mean, this is like the first year everyone sees it. Now you take notice. And then I think next year he'll be in that wave of head coaching opportunities, get some interviews and things like that. Uh, I don't know if it happens just off of one year. Remember, this is his first year calling plays in the NFL. He's been uh, an assistant coach or linebackers coach for the years prior. So his first year calling plays, he's done an outstanding job. His defense is one of the best in the league. And I think he'll start to garner that conversation, maybe even get some interviews after the season. But I think his time is coming. I don't know if it's there just yet. Kirk Morrison. Of course, friend of the program, longtime NFL vet. You can catch him on all the Rams coverage here on this very station. You're the man, brother. Stay healthy, stay safe. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, hey, sir. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you too, boom. To you guys both, all right? All right, man. Be good. There he is, Kirk okay. Morrison. LZ, coming up sir. next, you and I are going to dive in head first to what the hell is going on around this league, okay? Because in the NBA, the Lakers are at the top right now. But how many teams are legitimately in the conversation with them? We'll touch on that, plus what you need to know, all coming up in three minutes. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 